This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by SafePal. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. I think regulation is great for the industry. I think it's needed. Um, I think that it's just part of our growth story. I mean, you can't have an industry without regulation. It just doesn't work. It's the two, the two parties need to meet, you know, in the middle. I am Charlie Schrem, and you're listening and watching another epic episode of Untold Stories where you and I together twice a week, and actually I'm going to be putting out a special episode, uh, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to truly, truly understand how this movement came to be. Today, we have an amazing guest, Derek Barrera. He's the founder of the Steer Protocol. And over his like 14 years of software experience and 10 years in crypto, he's built cryptographic cross-chain libraries, enterprise custody solutions for all the exchanges and the brokers that you're using today cross-chain wallets in over eight different chains and over 400, sorry, and over 500 supported assets. He has helped spearhead the creation of the first layer two EVM and has deployed various cross-chain DeFi protocols. He's here to talk to us about some really cool stuff like automated liquidity management, loan payments, asset management, data availability marketplace, automated governance, oracles, things like that on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Optimism, and all different chains. So he'll be here in a minute, and I'm really excited to uh, to have him on the show. And October 7th through October 14th, if you're in the USA, please go to the movie theaters. My wife and I produced a movie called Ask Me to Dance, and it's a super, super funny comedy. She actually stars in the movie with some other amazing people like Brianna Evigan from Step Up 2 and all these other... Uh, Mario Cantone from Sex and the City. It's been our project that we did together for the past. It's been consuming our lives for the past year and a half. If you've been listening to the show, you know about it. We'll play the trailer. This is Jack. Well, I'm divorced. I used to teach ballroom dancing. I don't anymore, but I still love to go out dancing. I have borderline personality disorder. I'm also bipolar. <laughs> you like to dance? No. This is Jill. How long you been dancing? My whole life. It shows. Thank you. You don't think I'm too old for you? Nope. You're just my type. So we gonna close this tonight, or? Hi, I was hoping to meet the guy that danced earlier. He was amazing. You literally just missed him. Jack and Jill keep missing each other until... The year almost ends. Yeah, I know it went so fast. You're going to meet the love of your life. I am? Yes, by midnight on New Year's Eve. Is that so? Did you have fun last night? I met this old woman who told me that I was going to meet the love of my life before the end of the year. Four days left after tonight, the exact day of your wedding, the last night of the year. What do you think? Your soulmate just gonna walk by the office? Did some old lady said this? Yes. It's so random. Now they're on the dating scene. Hey, dude, you must be Jay. Jack. Joe. Ashantez. You wanna dance? Okay. Trying to go this way. You wanna go somewhere and see who really needs? <laughs> I've been dying to see this movie. So sex after this, right? I want to meet the love of my life. Wanna dance? And this week has assured me that that is never going to happen. My dating life has been a little precarious. Maybe I should keep this one. Tie him up, gag his mouth. I'm gonna get another drink. I mean, I did stab my last boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. Maybe I just want somebody to dance with. No complications, no commitments. And you need to meet my friend Jill. She's going through the same thing. She'll be at the wedding. Yeah, she's the maid of honor. Look, Jack, say the girl that saw you dance that night is your soulmate. Mind if I sit here? That would mean you're destined to bump into her again. They'll give love a fighting chance on the dance floor. 
Ask Me to Dance in theaters October 7th. Check local listings or visit askmetodancemovie.com. I hope you guys really enjoy that and please go see it in theaters now. Go to askmetodancemovie.com or go to Fandango. It's playing in over 40 cities around the USA and you're going to enjoy it. And I want to know if if I'm good at anything else other than Bitcoin and crypto and podcasting and stuff like that. And it's really been a passion project for my wife and I. I have a short cameo in the film. You guys are going to love it. It's PG-13. Take your families out. All right, back to a regularly, regularly scheduled crypto programming. Thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today. How's it going? Thank you. Going well, going well. Uh, rainy here today, but uh, a little bit brighter now that uh, now that we're together. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you based out of? Uh, I'm in New Jersey right now. It's a couple hours uh, outside of New York. Um, so luckily I can jump into the city if I need to. The, um, yeah, the whole, it seems like the seasons are changing or going from, from summer to winter, but hopefully from crypto winter to crypto summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, as a builder, right? I did a I did a funny poll on my on my uh, Twitter the other day where I said, uh, "Do you want uh, the bear market to end?" And half the answers were, "No, I'm not." Fifty six percent of people said, "No, I don't want it to be over because I'm still building." Right. And the other said, "It said yes, like pump it or something like that." Where, where do <laughs> yeah, you I guess fall it on that? On, it depends on what aisle of right you're on, right? Uh, I'm, I'm in between, to be honest, I think bear markets are great because it shakes out a lot of the scams and stuff like that, or a lot of like the, the things that need, need to be shaken out. Um, and, and it brings in a more like di- like uh, fundamentals, which I think is great. Uh, but as a builder at the same time, like as much time as possible is always also, also great. I think bear markets are kind of where a lot of like the new things get built, right. And where like the bull markets where a yeah. lot of copies are built. Um, so it's nice to see like the innovation coming out these days. What are you uh, What are you working on? Tell us about the Steer Protocol. Yeah, yeah. So focused right now on Steer Protocol. Um, been building it for just about over a year now. Um, really excited about it. It's an off-chain uh, compute platform that basically allows you to build apps on our app store um, that then get run off-chain by our by our nodes um, and allows for us to basically jump into the the keeper network space as well as the uh, compute space for for web3 um, so if you imagine you know people using let's say like chainlink for oracles uh, or gelato for for contract automation um, we would we would be kind of one person who would be a little bit above a little bit what, what they offer right now um, yeah is the the current web3 crypto infrastructure we're talking about a lot of the applications that you built in the past where you have custody solutions cross-chain wallets, uh, you know, be, be able to go from one different blockchain to the next, but not only that, but have like asset management and governance. What is that, you know, if we if we opened up the hood and we looked under it, how do we look, how does it look like right now? Are we at the level where we could potentially overtake other type of data or transaction networks? Uh, sorry, Charlie, can you, can you explain your question, man? I apologize. Yeah, no worries. You know, looking at the technology that, okay, so let's go back to when this bear market started. Uh, a lot of people look at the the macro conditions that existed around uh, the Terra Luna collapse and sure. um, the different other type, the other, the other, you know, you have all these, you would have these bank runs on different exchanges where people can't pull out fast enough or different blockchains that can't process transactions fast enough. 
So the question is like, are we ready as an industry for the mm -hmm. next bull market? Has our technology caught up? Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, I will say last last bear market and bull market, I was like, oh man, we're not ready. But I knew L2s were going to be the thing. Like you knew if you were building in the last bear market, the L2s were gonna take off and hopefully provide us more transaction volume, right? More interoperability. I think it's interesting to see what's happening in the Cosmos space right now um, and, and, and Polkadot and stuff like that and how they're trying to solve those problems of, of how do you communicate against chains and stuff like that. Um, to be honest, if, if the UN were to say, hey, guys, we're switching to Bitcoin, I'm not too sure that we'd be ready. Hopefully we'd, we'd use the Lightning Network and figure that out. But, but uh, I think we're still early. I think we're still early. I think there's a lot to be built to, to get to that, that widespread growth. We're talking about also building out applications uh, and products for, for the mainstream world, like attacking these large addressable markets, not just within our own crypto community. You've been building out applications to service the crypto community and and the different uh, uh, companies within the industry. Now sure. with Steer, it seems like you're going after a completely different market. What what like the hedge fund world? What is that market? Sure, yeah, it's kind of like a couple different two 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 main players basically. One is the Web three space where you're you're a developer in this space or your Web three company that's trying to build out an idea, right? Maybe you're trying to do compounding interest. Maybe you need an Oracle for a data-driven NFT. There's a lot of compute that you'd have to do to then like update that Oracle, right? Get it on chain, facilitate all the transactions, make sure everything works properly, right? And that right there is a missing piece, at least from an infrastructure side inside the blockchain space right now. Surprisingly enough, right? We see it in 2022, but, but it is, it's still a problem. And then for the hedge fund space, for the people who actually can produce yield and can pr provide these applications or these strategies on top of this marketplace, you know, they're looking, they need a place basically to be able to find the highest yield. And so we have, you know, yield aggregators and stuff like that, but a lot of them are very kind of like instruments, like they're kind of instruments yeah. that you kind of dive into. Um, and steer protocol kind of breaks that up into actually composable instruments, right? So maybe you're di diverging into like multiple different types of investment pools. Maybe you're doing multiple different types of yield strategies at the same time. It's more of like a layer on top of, of yield so that you kind of manage that. And also, for instance, look at like Deribit, right? Go go find out what the implied volatility is, and then maybe you adjust your strategies that way. Um, one of the bigger issues in terms of yield, at least in the Web3 space, is that you can't look off-chain for data, right? So everything has to be on-chain. And for a while, for the options markets, everyone had to use very, very small, illiquid options markets for their kind of data and stuff like that. So when you you know, provide this off-chain data capability for the Web3 space, now you can start providing a lot more cohesive yield, right? Strategies that are a little bit smarter than than what we currently, you know, produce today. What type of strategies are we talking about? Oh, so you could do various different things. One of the ones that we, we are pretty proficient in is actually market making Uniswap V3. Um, for the listeners who don't know, Uniswap V3 is one of the largest fee generators uh, in the blockchain or in the uh, Web3 space right now. Um, they lead by a long shot. Some of their revenue actually sometimes exceeds the miners of Ethereum during the proof, proof wow. of work days. Um, and uh, so we actually have pretty good market making strategies there. We can divvy up uh, liquidity into over 100 different positions, which is kind of cool. So we can do uh, basically any type of like al liquidity allocation curve or capital allocation curve. Um, and what that actually allows us to do is kind of like inject uh, more liquidity where it would matter. So like normalized curves using statistics, stuff like that and um, basically provide, you know, more stable yield for, for market makers inside the, inside the AMM space. 
what's happening inside Uniswap that it's that all these people are, are earning yield and is it transaction fees of those trading on decentralized exchanges? Yeah, yeah. So this is just swaps basically going back and forth. And it depends on the pool, right? There's very yeah. liquid pools. There's also pools that are extremely liquid, like USDC and let's just say USDT. Um, now, those pools are great because you can do market neutral strategies, apply a normalized curve, and you would up your, your APYs pretty easily there. And then there's harder markets to actually tackle, which is more illiquid assets, maybe like, I don't, I don't want to name any tokens, but basically X oh, yeah. token versus USDC, which which might be, you know, a little bit newer to the space, right? And so they don't have the depth of liquidity that one would need to have like an efficient market. So we provide like a platform. So those, you know, those protocols can go and write their own market making strategies to maybe help the liquidity within their, within their protocol. How is this being done now? Uh, so yeah, there's like uh, not many ways to do it currently right now. You're either doing it yourself uh, and there's yeah. a couple of tools out there that you can use um, or you're using a third party. Um, one thing that isn't there though is being able to do it yourself, right? So I can either, like, well, let me, let me step back because I, I guess I just said that, but there's a couple of ways you could do it, right? You could either, you know, write the logic and handle all of the, um, you know, back testing management portfolio management right where where you're going to be putting liquidity all of that could be done yourself right or you could go ahead and use like a third party um what, what's kind of cool with steer though is we actually provide a platform where people can actually develop without needing to know how to program or or those who want to get, get their hands a little bit dirty to actually build these market making strategies on top of you know, you it like there's so many different applications for this it's not just about Right now, it's just about people swapping on Uniswap one token for the next. But you're sure. talking about potentially like insurance products or revenue sharing tokens. Yeah. So like, for instance, practically right now, you could build a market making strategy on Uniswap 3v3, then go buy insurance over at Nexus, and then potentially also buy some, you know, squat on the options market, right? To maybe hedge, hedge your impermanent loss. Explain so all that, what you just said, explain <laughs> all that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, so there's a couple of different like platforms that you can use actually to kind of combine and make these more interesting kind of like platform, like, you know, packages, right? So um, one would say, okay, let's market make a stable coin and make sure it's extremely, you know, secure in terms of like being market neutral. Right. So that's the first step. Right. And you're like, okay, well, what if the platform gets hacked? It's like, okay, well then let's go buy some insurance. Right. You can program all of that into a single package with us, which is really cool and deploy that out into our, into our network. Right. So every time someone deposits, it automatically comes with insurance. Um, you could also tack on other things. You could go to like Squeth by open um, and they provide perpetual options markets, which is kind of cool. So you could tag those also in, and then maybe you kind of hedge your IL. Um, or your permanent loss, which is basically yeah. the the change in price based on um, based on like the current pool when you entered and, and what it's currently at. But interesting, I didn't know that you could take insurance products out on different yield strategies that you have already in the in the market. I mean, it depends. It depends. I mean, yeah. you, there has to be relationships and stuff like that. But but there's ways to to potentially you know de-risk yourself, and and maybe you're not doing it on the, the the individual yield strategy itself, but more on the underlying protocol. So let's, I want to talk about this word yield for a second, and and to give a little like context history, for my adult life since I've had any dollars to rub together, there has been no yield in 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 banks at all. So sure. I didn't grow yeah. up in a world where saving money would or 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 investing would lead to or like real investing would lead towards like some sort of of, of well, actually, like yield that you can you know live off of right like in yeah. banks were offering one or two percent 
And then here comes, and 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 what's interesting is that that was always tied to this like Fed rate that's in the news every single month, and the sure. Fed rate affects the Treasury uh, ten year, which was always very very low, and so no one could really offer crazy yields because it was all tied together. And yeah. here comes in Bitcoin and crypto a few years ago, and all the middlemen disappear, all the businesses disappear, all the companies, all they all goes away, and you can actually develop cool like mimic the same type of yield strategies that exist in traditional finance but do it do it on you know in on on the blockchain and that's why we started to see like crazy crazy yields started to develop sure but then they got too crazy and <laughs> and things started to fall apart uh yep. with like under collateralized loans can you talk about if you can like what happened a little bit there but more importantly why should we re-get excited about yields again? Because you can understand why the listeners would be a little bit jaded. I mean, oh, uh, sure. yeah, but like this, yeah. obviously, when something falls apart is when you need to rebuild it the right way. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting comments. Yeah, so sadly, right, we had a couple couple different industry leaders, right, kind of put out some under collateralized loans, which basically means if the loan goes belly up, there's no collateral to then give back to the to the person who actually issued issue the assets right so that's that's really tough right or or the the assets which the person got as collateral were were basically created by the person who who was giving out the loan right so that's also like that cyclical problem right there um everything blew up right what's really interesting though is that when it blew up you didn't really see that happen in the DeFi space right on on the centralized exchanges right all those kind of things things blew up right and you didn't see MakerDAO go down, right? USDC didn't peg tremendously, right? These these are things that actually had healthy, healthy, you know, liquidations. Everything yeah. was done in an orderly fashion, which is kind of just proves the point of like, hey, look, we do have some magic over here that can potentially save us from the next, you know, potentially, hopefully, you know, global financial crisis. Let's say, hopefully, it doesn't happen soon. It might, we'll see, but but you know, we need to figure out a better world for ourselves, and that's kind of what brings me to crypto. I, I was actually working at um, a bank for a while. I started realizing, okay, wait a second, you're taking my money and going making making more money off of me. And I'm definitely not getting that yield in my account. So what's going on, right? Like this should be all, you know, kind of opened up and, and people should be able to get yield that actually provides a living or, or can not, you know, just provide you, you know, some kind of stability. Guys, I am so excited to talk about our newest presenting sponsor, SafePal. SafePal is an all-in-one solution. You got a beautiful hardware wallet. You have this amazing fireproof cipher you got a mobile wallet, an extension wallet similar to MetaMask. You're talking about an all-in-one solution for all of your crypto needs. Founded in 2018, SafePal is a Binance Labs-backed, Singapore-based company, uh, the venture arm, where their mission is to make crypto secure and simple for everyone. You got cross-chain swapping, trading services, and more. SafePal supports over 40 different blockchains. I mean, check this out. Look at this. If you back up your private seed in this beautiful metal SafePal backup here and you keep it in your safe, fires or water or nothing degrading over time, you should not be backing up your crypto on pieces of paper. I mean, look at this. Look at the S1 here. It's so cool. This is the hardware wallet. You're talking, I'm used to using the Trezor or the Ledger wallet, but SafePal is a lot better because not only do you get the hardware wallet and the backup cipher, but you also get the mobile wallet, the uh, extension on your Google Chrome or whatever Firefox you use. So it all works together. You don't have to worry about man in the middle attacks and everything like that. You can go to safepal.com, use the coupon code Charlie, and you'll get 
any of these amazing products. The extension wallet is free, the mobile wallet is free, the hardware wallet and the backup are really, really well priced. It's all super safe and secure. And I love it. I mean, there's no other way you should be using your crypto than SafePal. Crypto bruised a lot of people too, but a lot of people got, are getting bruised by the stock market now when in yeah. gold and basically almost every asset unless you're in cash. It's it's interesting going back to like our uh, like econ 101, right? In, in our, our economics classes, it was like either the government has like a lever and it's either they promote like savings or spending. And it's yeah. kind of funny how it was like spending for so long and they just turn the lever almost like yeah. bluntly. And now it's like the dollar is super rising. I mean, what more could you have asked for to encourage like just holding dollars? Yeah. But in my opinion, it's too much. There's no investment. Oh, for sure. So when things settle, how, what's it going to look like? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's been a pretty knee-jerk reaction, right? I mean, all the rates are basically going crazy. We're seeing what's happening in the UK, right? Uh, okay. The UN recently, you know, asked the US. I mean, they're not, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff that could that could go bad, right? And I think that a lot of people might get hurt and hopefully they can say, okay, well, look, my money's going belly up, right? And in actual countries, like in, in like, like top, top countries, right? Not, you know, but basically my, 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 yeah. my currencies are going, you know, bust, you know, I need to look for an alternative. And that's so funny that like, just now people are saying, okay, so how many Bitcoin are there? It's like, well, there's 21 million. I've been telling you for years now, <laughs> you know, I've been in the industry for, for quite some time, you know, definitely there's 21 million and you should try and check it out. Right. Even, even from just a concept perspective, like perspective, you know, you know, Bitcoin hopefully will one day save us. We'll, we'll see. I think so too. And I think when all like that, that dust settles, a lot of the, uh, the strategies that people uh, kept money in are going to be looked at a little bit different. Let's look at what's happening with Credit Suisse right now. Um, sure. They're they're uh, they're they're uh, um, if I understand correctly, the the cost to insure the defaults the defaults on on in that bank are going high up, very very high because people are are starting to doubt. Uh, their, 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 you know, how much cash they have on hand and their ability to, and you could tell when I don't, when I'm trying to like understand the concept out loud after what <laughs> yeah. I read in the Wall Street yeah. Journal. They, I think what they have basically is like a billion dollars, right, in, in assets and about $900 million in, in, in liabilities, right, or, and stuff like that. And so like, when people look at the stock price of Credit Suisse, they're like, uh, well, people are betting, right, that it, that it might default. Um, now, if you look at like the, I don't know if this comes out of this, but if you look at like the banking standards, there's like three groups of banks and Credit Suisse is, is basically in the second bank. I think JP Morgan is the only one who's a tier one bank. And then there's some others that are in like tier three, sure. like Wells Fargo, I think think would be in there. Um, and those are deemed like too big to fail. So it's kind of like if Credit Suisse does blow up, what is the forced hand? What does that look like? And then what does that look like for everybody at home, right? How does it look like when I buy groceries? What does that look like when I, you know, pay a mortgage or pay rent, right? And, and those are, those are the times where people are going to start realizing, okay, you know, we, we've been, we've been, what are you saying? Uh, spend heavy for way too many years. Yeah. We're getting directly hit. We're getting directly hit like on our, in our personal bank accounts. So, so I guess what I'm getting at is in a world where folks have to decide how to, uh, how to invest their money. Do you think, uh, 
if different strategies were developed on steer as opposed to like behind the curtain at some investment sure. bank do you think that folks would be demanding this almost like better yeah. safer more transparent mechanism yeah I, I personally think so i think it's basically that there's transparency on that side right what's the total risk if these things are in right like if you look at Credit Suisse right now, really hard to understand what are the investments, right? What are the yields that they're getting? What are they protecting? What's the insurance on? All of that isn't really open to the common person, right? So me and you are speculating right now of what's going on over at Credit Suisse, right? What's really great about Steer, but even just the blockchain in general is that there's full transparency, right? If you wanna see what pools this is interacting with and what the code looks like and check out the audit reports and make sure, I mean, that's a lot of work, right? And I understand that, but the, the fact of the matter is that data is there, right? Um, so there is security in, in that in that in that manner that you can jump into something and hopefully say, okay, look, you know, I've done my done my homework, or I bought insurance. You know, I, I guess just like you know, we do it over Credit Suisse with Nexus, but you know, I can buy insurance at least on to, to protect myself of like a hack or something like that. I want to talk about insurance. Like this needs to be the killer application right now for like this technology. Look at the Florida uh, property insurance market just around the world. The whole property insurance market is blowing up. Like this, yep. there has to be a better way to do this. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. there has to, there has to, I mean, insurance across the board. I mean, health insurance in the U S is, is, is also pretty crazy. I don't even right? have health insurance. <laughs> yeah, you should get some. You should I get know, shame but it's, it's, shame, shame. It's, it's, it would cost me $3,000 plus a month to insure my family, probably more yeah. between yeah. me and two other people. And like why I, I need to yeah. get I think I need to get emergency health insurance like if God forbid like <laughs> cancer or something like that where I have to go yeah. to hospitals but but the basic stuff like it's just unaffordable it's not worth it yeah it work yeah, for a company untold stories yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are who who don't make a lot of money right and I mean the average income for in the U S is is I'm not too sure what it is but it's but it's pretty low is basically what my point low is right? hundred thousand so, it's like sixty thousand thirty yeah. or forty yeah yeah it's, I think like it's like forty fifty maybe forty or fifty five the point though is that like how do you how do you have that expense i mean how, how are you going to fit three thousand dollars in every month for that that's just not going to happen right i mean it's that or it's that rent and then when you you buy some food and then you're maybe you're okay i know there's no savings that's for sure um, i remember i remember i remember uh i remember like a job where i was applying for and if i was trying to make 500 dollars a week and that that was like an amazing salary i was like 500 bucks a week <laughs> came out to like 20 something thousand dollars a year. And I was like, that was so, but that world changed. Yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't live off of one, one set of income anymore either, which I think is for the better probably. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I mean, this is just a little side note here, but I remember when I first got out of college, my dad was like, Oh, you, you can take this job with IBM that that's, that they're offering you. It was a terrible job. I told him, I was like, dad, this is not market rate. I'm going to, you know, it was like, I think it was like 35, 40 grand. It's like, what are you talking about? As a developer, that's 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 silly. You know, I'm not going to take it. It turned around and, and and easily doubled, if not more, on at a different offer. But it just goes to show that you know, depending on where you live and what what you're going through, like life is different, and and you need yeah. options, right? And the blockchain needs to provide those options. I think for killer apps, yield could be one, right? But what I don't think is going to happen is that my mom, right, my 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 siblings are going to jump into crypto to go get into yield, right? They're going to get into other things, right? Maybe they're going to get into art because they like culture. Maybe it's going to be GameFi that, that might be the next takeoff for the next one, right? Uh, for the next bull market. You know, that right there could bring in 
a lot of people who don't care about the financial side of the business, right, uh, or of, of, of the blockchain. So we'll see what happens in terms of, in terms of growth. I, I don't think it'll be in yield, but I think from an institutional point, right, it would be. It would be. I was, uh, I was in Ibiza a few weeks ago, and someone walked up to me at a nightclub at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and he goes, you're in crypto? And I said, yeah. And he goes, crypto is not going to take off until I have to use it, not because I want to use it. And then he walked uh, away. Interesting. Like, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are going to be forced to. I mean, eventually. I mean, you talk about CBDC, right? Central bank digital currencies. Like, yeah. The moment that they impose those on people, right? Which is whatever. I think that's just where we're going. I don't think there's any way about it. I'm not into it, to be fully honest with you. I don't like the tracking. I don't. I don't like the. the the way that that's going to play out, right? It's it's kind of like Orwellian kind of like uh, sure this situation, right? But they're going to teach everybody what crypto is. Everyone's going to have a crypto wallet. Everyone's going to have a block explorer, right? They're all going to eventually be like forced to understand what that looks like. And if you've done a bank transfer or had to deal with checks or anything like that in the past, whatever amount of days, right? You're going to say, okay, this is a lot better, right? If I can send money to one person and it takes 14 seconds, that's great. Right. As a crypto business, you also have to do transfers, right? You have to you know, convert maybe some, some stables to cash and then pay for some bills, right? There's things you have to do for your business. And when I actually have to hit the traditional banking system, it's the worst because then everything slows down. It's like, okay, well, I'll get you your money in two to three days. The wire's got to finish, you know? That's not conducive to, 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 to business. Having like developed on so many blockchains and, you, and continuously uh, uh, doing so, do you think that those folks doing everything you just said are going to have to choose a chain? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that's trouble. I mean, there's there's trilemma. I mean, there's, there's issues basically when you start bridging, like let's talk about yield for a second across chains, right? If you go ahead and take some kind of yield product, throw it onto another chain and then bring it back to another chain, how do you know that that didn't you know, falter, right? Or, or default and then how's that, how's that trickle down to other chains? So I think there's things that need to be solved and that might be done through, you know, snarks and stuff like that. So we can have a little bit more validity and stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's troublesome. The, the bridges are also a problem, right? How do we provide bridges that are, that are secure, right? Bridge hacks happen all the way down through the, the bear time. market. They continue to happen. Right. And so how do you build systems that aren't susceptible to those hacks? And luckily, you know, there's scales of what makes a secure bridge and then what makes it you know, less secure bridge and stuff like that. But, yeah, multi-chain worlds, it's happening. Like there's, you don't have, there's no choice, right? I mean, look at the proliferation of L2s that happened. You have Avalanche subnets now coming online or that came online, right? Um, everything's pointing there. And it's just um, which ones take off. I think Polygon's done a great, great job, right? I mean, all their, all their partners in the past couple of months have been, you know, broad adoption partners. I had a, a really good conversation about this the other day and I'm trying to bring it back up to skip all the, the, the hub love about it. But what it came down to is someone was teaching me, Charlie, for this, it actually is a perfect situation. If you look at like everything, all blockchains on like a scale of decentralization, right? Sure. Like you have Bitcoin and, and others that are decentralized fully down, down that path. And maybe you have like ripples here. Ethereum was here with proof of work and maybe it's here with proof of stake. You know, like you said, the trilemma problem, various degrees of decentralization, but not everything needs to be super hard. You could have a blockchain that is even super more decentralized that only has like one block a day where you'd have to spend a lot of money just to get something in that yeah. block. But that could be for like land deeds, 
You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's based on use case. Exactly. Yeah. Based on use case. Exactly. Or like, like uh, someone says to me, what about a blockchain is just a block of when someone passes away or like generational or like stuff like that. So, sure, sure. so what if you had that, but you need to encourage some loyalty to the chain. You need to encourage yeah. some asset uh, savings and value on the chain, but then the, the, they're going to be, that's where you're going to have a lot of the businesses and a lot of the industry folks is they're going to operate like previously how you had the exchanges like Binance and FTX and Mt. Gox over the years be like the largest businesses in the space yeah. because they operated those toll booths. In the future, those businesses that do it are going to be the ones that provide the cross-chaining. And whether it's like asset creation, temporarily wrapping, and like, what do you think about all that? Ooh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so the temporary wrapping thing, I mean, it, it's, so it's like, it's kind of like, it brings up the idea, and this is a complex topic, so maybe I'll try and sure. say as high level as possible, but, you know, bridges in themselves are built, are, are basically communication protocols, right? This, this chain wants to say this to this chain, and we need to, you know, communicate amongst each other. What's, what's interesting, though, is that there needs to be a communicator for that data. A transaction has to go in one way and come back to the other, right? And so when you think about different bridges, there's different types of bridges, right? There's bridges where you wrap an asset, right? And you send it over. There's liquidity bridges where actually no assets get sent over, but you're actually kind of securing them via, via those messaging yeah. protocols. Um, and so what, what I honestly would love to see one day, if, if Steer could, be that, you know, build an application on us, which would be a bundle that then, you know, talks to our messaging layer. Because we do also do messaging. Like eventually L1 to L2 communication will be under our, our, our you know, our suit messaging and we're talking about something like swift like wire transfers are actually just like a messaging system yep yep same same kind of stuff right and and so let's say you have swift where it's nfts right that's needed right but it's not like you need to go build all of that infrastructure right if you could just hop onto a messaging protocol write what kind of messages you want to go back and forth right have that off-chain data maybe have your proofs then you can start building wildly different kind of applications on top of these you know, things. And that's what we're seeing basically with all these bridge bridges kind of come to be is like, okay, how do I take this messaging protocol and, and create something on top of it? And and I, again, I know like governance into it too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100%. How do you stake those tokens? How do you provide value and security in that manner as well? Do you have any advice for entrepreneurs listening to the show that are starting their, their, their new business? You've, you've uh, started multiple projects in the space so you've kind of been there uh what, yep. what suggestions do you have Oof. uh stay focused um there's a lot of stuff that are distractions in the space um and so just keep your keep your eyes you know on the prize um there's bear markets and those suck but if you just keep building they eventually you know fade away and and the value that was created during those lulls actually does produce massive growth for for the community as well as the industry on on the bull runs um, so it's more just kind of understanding why you got into it um, from from just an operational side of things. If you're in the bear market, you got to run a tight ship, right? You got to yeah. make sure that you're focused, you're lean, and and that you can make it out of it. One of the big things, I mean, this is not my first bear and bear, uh, I guess, yeah. crypto winter. So luckily, I, I've, I'm kind of adjusted to it. But they're hard times, right? You'll see friends leave companies, you'll see layoffs, all sorts of different things that are saying, oh, man, maybe crypto isn't for me. Um, usually when you're at the bottom, that's when, that's when we start to rise. So hopefully, hopefully we start rising soon, but, but yeah, I am the prize and, and just keep building. You're in it I, for uh, a reason. Are we, uh, are we, uh, 
at the bottom is like not really a question that I can ask, but um, yeah. what are some things? I don't know. No, I know. I'm always trying to like remember how did I feel and where was I during like the actual bottoms and the actual tops. I actually need yeah. to go back and I should create like a Google calendar and like try to try to try to do that because because that could be that could be cool. But I mean, <laughs> I want to just just lastly touch on on regulation. Um, what yeah. do you personally, as you're building this out, have to think about from a regulatory perspective? Oh, boy. Uh, a lot of things. So like one thing is that like, should, should multiple people be able to participate in a strategy, right? And, and stuff like that. And so we have different types of vaults to kind of mitigate some of those issues. So is there a whitelist? Is it a certain amount of people who can, you know, and get involved? Is that whitelist tied to maybe like, you know, uh, registered agents and stuff like that? There's a lot of different things that you need to take care of just from like providing yield, yield products and stuff like that. Um, I think regulation is great for the industry. I think it's needed. Um, I think that it's just part of our growth story. I mean, you can't have an industry without regulation. It just doesn't work because the two, the two parties need to meet, you know, in the middle. Um, and it also helps us, right, in terms of like, just like trust. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not against it. That's for sure. Um, I, I'm willing to see what happens. I think some of the, some of the things that have come out recently are, kind of tough because how, how do you how do you kind of get around some of these these like more philosophical questions of how, how do we build things in the industry like you need tokens sometimes right like they're they're the instrument that allows you just from a technical perspective to know okay i need to give you this many outs right if it's, if it's a one for one what's the token to then give me back the one i can't always keep that record there needs to be a way yeah. to keep that record right and so for regulation they need to kind of understand there's, there's technical reasons that some of these things I exist I don't think there's like a bunch of people in a room like saying, hey, let's not provide any clarity. So we make it harder on yeah. them. I really yeah. think that the government has, has been hiring some of the most brilliant people and engaging yeah. our industry a lot. Uh, in fact, I know people that get paid, right? Like probably by by, by various oh. you know state. Uh, you have a lot of like the financial departments in different states and everything. Yeah. But they're scratching their heads because you said the philosophical and ideological, but also like that's baked into the technology that's baked into yeah. the Satoshi code. I don't know how you solve that. I don't know the answer, but I mean, I don't know the answer. Yeah. 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 I think it's discourse, right? Coin center, for instance, does great job, right? I mean, there's a lot of really good organizations in the crypto space that are working on legislative side, right? Working with lawmakers and stuff like that to provide the clarity because this is a new technology, right? And once you start going even one onion peel away, right? It just keeps yeah. getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and you need a real full understanding before you can start making, you know, real, real legislation around it. Tarek, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and coming on untold stories today. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, there's a lot of really good things going on. I got, um, uh, our fund drew adventures that's been investing in different companies and, 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 and steer network included and, and steer protocol. And, and I got a big movie being released in the next coming days, a romantic comedy that I'm really excited about. So, uh i missed i've been in the movie world the past, for a while i missed talking like in-depth conversations so thank you for giving me that i i remember why i fell in love with with this industry in the first place nice nice i'm <laughs> glad i could be here and uh, if you ever want to uh talk shop again i'm always i'm always present